0: Fire it up! Fire it up! The thing about it is, (laughs) it's like, it's kind of, it's not like a a, a, a locker room pep talk. You know, the fire comes from God Himself. It's not something that we create in ourselves. I mean, Paul told Timothy to stir it up, but God put it there. You know, and we can kind of quench the Holy Spirit, if you will, and that just means like throw water on him just, we can, so we can hold him back because he's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on us in anything we do. Today's Pentecost Monday, 50 days after Passover, but you, um, a resurrection, but it's past the Passover. feast, and it was originally a Jewish holiday celebrating the giving of the law. So the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, there is a celebration for that. As Jesus changed, he didn't really change, but fulfilled Passover. In essence, the law is fulfilled in him. And then, the Holy Spirit is given so that we don't, we don't live by the law, our life doesn't come out of the law, but our life, instead, and our leading comes from the Holy Spirit. So it's a fulfillment of what God really intended, right? Can you can can you follow me there? And <clears throat> I know you can. I know you can. Do you remember, do you remember um, the guy? What was his name? And he would come in and he would take off his sweater and. Put his, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers, I knew you could. It's great stuff. As a pastor of uh, and shepherd uh, in Jesus Church, I often consider how I can truly be effective in ministry. I ask the Lord to show me where I can be of better service to him and his people. Sometimes I ask the Holy Spirit to prop me up as I wobble and sometimes stumble. My faith wavers and I call on the Spirit to shine his light on the Scripture and make it come alive in me. It's for my good, and your good, and the good of the church, and the kingdom of God, that is God's. That is in this earth. Do you ever have thoughts like that? What's your first response? Where do you turn? Who do you call? Our go-to should probably be to lean hard. On the Holy Spirit. Who is always hanging out. On the inside of us. Always. 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 There. We turn to a lot of things. But the Lord has made provision. For us. For everything. And it's by his Holy Spirit. And you know. I I, I was at the airport one time. Which I really. I owed, I owed Jed a flight. And I. And I, uh, I need to get my license uh, current. But I was out there anyway. And um, it was kind of my second office for a while. <clears throat> it was like you could go out there and it was like quiet. You could go in both those back rooms, you know, and everything. And so it was kind of nice. But I, one of the guys behind the counter said something about the Holy Spirit. And and I just I kind of flinched a little bit. Um, I'm thinking, why why did I flinch a little bit? You know, it was just, it was so out of context for me. You know, does the Holy Spirit ever go to the airport? I don't know. You know? (laughs) I mean, you think... Well, you think when you're reading the Bible, you think about the Holy Spirit. When you're going to church, you think about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when you're in your own prayer time or something, you think about the Holy Spirit. And we, we talk about the Holy Spirit. You know, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, life everlasting, you know, and all, all that stuff. And, uh, but sometimes out of context, it's like, whoa. And maybe that never happens to you. I don't know. But I was, I was taken back and I, I thought, Man, I should just be like, yeah, that's right. That's right. The Holy Spirit is real. But in my mind, I'm thinking, now, is he thinking like, ooh? Or or does he think of the Holy Spirit like we think of the Holy Spirit? Come to find out this guy was actually in seminary for a little while. Got disillusioned and uh, didn't do that anyway. But we as believers need to practice leaning on the Holy Spirit. I don't know that it's a natural habit, but it's important that we realize that that god himself the father son and holy spirit has provided the holy spirit for us for our life for our strength for learning for comfort for friendship for camaraderie from for right all of that so we need to recognize and we need to be quick to turn we need to encourage each other in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> the Spirit is that close. He's so close. It's not like we have to go running off somewhere to some place. We don't even have to go to church. We don't have to... We don't have to I mean, the Holy Spirit is there all the time. All the time. We don't have to read a special prayer or, or do a special thing. We don't have to even, and I use the term, invoke the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is there all the time. In so many ways, we've developed little methods that we think... Make the Holy Spirit respond and go, oh, OK, I'll come now. No, he he has come. And it's subtle. It's really, really subtle. And so I kind of felt badly, felt bad, felt bad. When I responded that way to that fellow saying about the Holy Spirit. Just, It was just so out of context for me. I didn't deny the Holy Spirit. I mean, just to let you know. Because He knows I'm a pastor. <laughs> no, because I know the Holy Spirit is real. I know that He does lead and guide us. And it's important that we recognize that third person of the Trinity as a person. And as a present person. A person who is there and with us, walking with us, leading us, guiding us, comforting us, empowering us to live the life that we've been called to, to which we've been called. He's that close. He and his, I don't know, this is kind of corny, but, and his motor is running, he's in gear and on ready go. Like the line in Carol King's song, you've got a friend. All you've got to do is call and I'll be there. Yes, I will. Anyway. So what looked like a fire gone out is instead one rekindled, fired up. And by the way, <sighs> what's that on your head's? Uh, Yeah, you'd have to know that. Let's look at some of the promises surrounding the giving of the Holy Spirit to us, God's church. Jesus is fixing to leave the earth. Okay, just just kind of picture that, just be there. Jesus is fixing to leave the earth soon. And he says this to his closest followers. This is out of the message, John 14. I'm telling you these things, Jesus speaking to them, while I'm still living with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. Now, that's a good promise. Because they were a little confused. You, he will remind you of all the things I have told you. Well, I could use that at this age. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left feeling abandoned bereft so don't be upset don't be distraught you've heard me tell you I'm going away and I'm coming back. If you'd love me you would be glad that I'm on my way to the Father because the Father is the goal and purpose of my life. Powerful I've told you this ahead of time before it happens, you know, he's reiterating this. I love this. I told you before it happens so that when it does happen, the confirmation will deepen your belief in me, it will strengthen your faith. Good in it, Chuck. <laughs> and then in John 16, just a couple of chapters later, he says this to his disciples. To his followers, closest friends. So let me say it again. This truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. Now, this must be important. If Jesus, you know, he's, he's bringing this out again. And he wants us to know that the Holy Spirit is forming. We can't just poo-poo the Holy Spirit. Just because some traditions take things to an extreme, we can't go there. We have got to stay in the radical middle where Jesus taught us to be. That place where truth is truth. And it doesn't err one way or the other. And so we don't err this way to try to compensate for those who may be erring this way. Does that make sense? Our tendency it's almost like like me at the at the uh, airport you know it's like <laughs> holy Spirit you know and all in my mind i'm thinking oh yeah he he's, he's just talking about speaking in tongues and I'm thinking you know or or you know he's, he's, he's thinking whatever cultural uh, norm that he was in, and it's like my mind's going through all the things that the Holy Spirit does and is in us and for us and how how I wish I could just like dump it out on him really quickly, you know. And, uh, and then he would understand where I stood. And it's like, well, why is it important, John, that he understands where you stand? Or, is it about you? Is it about what he thinks of you? Is it about whether he respects you anymore as a pastor? How you respond? Y'all, I don't know if y'all ever deal with stuff like that. What's important is, Does he understand, does that man behind the counter understand from my life and from my words who God is? Who Jesus is? Who the Father is? Who the Holy Spirit is? Does he get a a sense and understanding of the character of the Lord? Am I going to be thrown by some type of challenge or some statement? I don't want to be. I want to live in the strength of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? I want to be secure. Just like Jesus said when he left his disciples. I'm not going to leave you like most people leave people. Destitute and lonely. Hurt. Damaged. No. In fact, it's going to be really good when I leave you because I'm going to send paraclete. I'm going to send the Helper. I'm going to be sending a friend who is just like me. In fact, he is me. So when he comes, when this Holy Spirit comes, he'll expose the error of the godless world's view of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Well, that's interesting. So Jesus, interestingly, is emphasizing some of the things that perhaps our stream or our culture or the, the way we were raised doesn't emphasize when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Verse 9, this is Jesus. He, he'll show them that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin. It's powerful, isn't it? That righteousness comes from above, where I am the Father, where I am with the Father, out of their sight and control. This is what the Holy Spirit is going to do? That judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world, that would be Satan, is brought to trial and convicted. Now, these are encouraging words. It's the power to witness, right? You see that there? It's, it's conviction of where righteousness really comes from. And may I say, well, I don't really, I'm going to say it anyway, sorry. It just, it's, it's a joke, you know, that I would ask permission, right? It's just, you know, it's strictly rhetorical. <laughs> when we understand that our righteousness comes from God and God alone and not from any acts of our own, not acts of the law, not performance, that it comes from Him. That is one of the three things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit was going to do. That's big. That's big. And that judgment takes place as the ruler of this godless world is brought to trial and convicted. So the Holy Spirit somehow could give us, should give us a peace and an understanding that we win. That evil will be destroyed. That's very hopeful. Because sometimes it looks like it's winning. But no, we can't. We've got to buy what Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to tell us, right? Okay. This is really kind of a different uh, Pentecost Sunday. I still have many things to tell you. But you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of the truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all truth. All the truth there is. So a fourth thing is that the Holy Spirit in us as believers is going to lead us into all truth. Now, I... There's some, still some things that he knows that I don't understand, that I can't understand. But his spirit will take me as, as quickly and as rapidly as, as I can handle, right? As I'm willing to respond, which is really good. That's kind of him. I, I think that's really great. Has anybody ever been behind in school? You know, like your schoolwork, you get behind on your homework or, or you're not really prepared for the next test or anything. Well, you know what? What's really cool is God just says, Uh, I guess you're not ready for that one. We'll catch it on the next go around. I really appreciate that. But then he also nudges us and pushes us when we need it. You know, kind of eases us off our duff. But he does it with such love. You know, I appreciate that. And so the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth in In His time, in our time, and it's just really important that we understand that all of us are at different stages in our walk with the Lord. Some of us are old in years, but young in in spiritual growth. Some of us are young in years and just way advanced in spiritual growth. But it's okay. We're all on the same team. We're all together. And so we encourage each other as we walk at the pace that is ours and he takes us we are not god we are not the judge he is god and we have to trust that each person is walking in the truth that they know are you with me because we have a friend we have a holy spirit and if we're a believer then we have the holy spirit so it's good He won't draw attention to himself. Isn't that cool? He will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. I I like that that feeling that, that Eugene Peterson brings out there. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen. And indeed, out of all that I have done and said, he will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Isn't that good? That's good. Later, he gives this instruction in Acts 1 1 through 11. I'm going to read a lot out of Acts 1 and 2. Dear Theopolis, and so we know it's Luke because Luke writes to Dear Theopolis in in his uh, gospel. Dear Theopolis, in the first volume of this book, I wrote on everything that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he said goodbye to the apostles, the ones he had chosen through the Holy Spirit and was taken up to heaven. So you see, we're moving along in time from right before Jesus was taken to be crucified and then after his resurrection resurrection. <clears throat> the ones he had chosen through the Holy Spirit and was taken up to heaven. After his death, he presented himself alive. This is pretty amazing. To them in many different settings over a period of 40 days. In face to face meetings, he talked to them about the things concerning the kingdom of God. As they met and ate, it, 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 the kingdom of God is, is, is just so critical. Is, as they met and ate meals together, he told them that they were. I love it. They, they, they met and ate meals together. You know, I guess I just really like that. You know, I don't know. He told them that they were on no account to leave Jerusalem, but must wait for what the Father had promised. The promise you heard from me. Isn't that good? So we know the promise. John baptized in water, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and soon. Now, when you say baptized, they understood that baptized was to be completely immersed and covered in, saturated with, right, water. And so what he was saying is, you are going to be saturated. You're going to be completely covered and saturated. A lot of theology goes with this and... We could discuss it sometime, but today's not the time. You must wait for what the Father has promised. The promise you heard from me, John baptized in water, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and soon. So that's a really good picture. Just, just imagine yourself. You know, there's drinking water. It's like when you're saved, it's like the Holy Spirit comes. Makes his home in you, doesn't he? Amen. You can be filled with the Spirit. But if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, that means it gets on you. One time in the old building, I actually had a sponge, and I just soaked it with water and slung it out. It really worked really well. <clears throat> so I don't really understand all of this. But what I do understand is that Jesus requested from the Father to send us the Holy Spirit because he was going to be gone. And the Holy Spirit has some tremendous work in us. And that the Holy Spirit does some very serious things about convicting the world, about convict about righteousness and about sin, right? And about the victory. So I'm convicted that there's victory. Amen? This is from the Holy Spirit. So it gives us peace, it gives us strength, it gives us hope. He a person. So when they were together for the last time, they asked, Master, are you going to... So, so this is how, this is about how we get it. Is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? <laughs> is this the time? It's like, man. He told them, you don't get to know the time. Timing is in the Father's, is the Father's business. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit. It's like, okay, Refocus. Right? Refocus. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be able to be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. Man, Jesus could have told them a lot of things. But He talked about this whole concept Convicting the world of sin. And bringing them to a place of knowing Jesus in a very real and personal and liberating, liberating, liberating way. And it's going to be all over the place, even at the airport. These were his last words as they watched. He was taken up and disappeared in a cloud. So it must be pretty important. They stood there staring into the empty sky. It's like, oh, now what? We thought we'd lost him once. And then he came back. And now he's gone again. And we're supposed to be at peace. Wait. Just wait. And they said, you Galileans, oh, suddenly, they said they're staring into the empty sky. Suddenly, two men appeared in white robes. And they said, you Galileans, why do you just stand here looking up at an empty sky? This very, can you imagine that? I mean, can y'all just picture that? You put yourself there. I mean, it's like, (laughs) this very Jesus who was taken up from among you to heaven will come as certainly... And mysteriously, as he left, okay, he told him to wait. So then later, he gives this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise. And this promise is not brand new. It wasn't new with Jesus telling the, the, his followers, his disciples, that it was actually prophesied many years prior. And that this was a fulfillment of that prophecy, and thank the Lord, it is for us. So in Acts 2, and this, we're going to read the whole story here. This is in the Amplified. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all assembled together in one place, when suddenly there came a sound from heaven like the rushing of a violent tempest blast. Whoa! And it filled the whole house in which they were sitting. Now, that's some power. That would get your attention. And there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were separated and distributing, distributed and which settled on each one of them. That was the thing about the... I see the... Yeah. So, something was going on. And they were all filled, diffused throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other, different, foreign languages, tongues, as the Spirit kept giving them clear and loud expression in each tongue, in appropriate words. Man, I really like that. I really like that. Now there were then you know. I, I, I love the descriptor. I mean, the, 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 the different um, modifiers. You know, it, it doesn't sound crazy and confusing and weird and out of place. It sounds very normal. Maybe not normal. It's unusual, but it doesn't, they didn't feel like weird because it had purpose. Now there were then residing in Jerusalem Jews, devout and God-fearing men from every country under heaven. And when this sound was heard, the multitude came together. And they were astonished and bewildered because each one heard them, the apostle speaking, in his own particular dialect. Very purposeful. And they were beside themselves with amazement, saying, Are not all these? Who are talking Galileans? In other words, they shouldn't know this. They shouldn't know how to do this. Then, how is it that we hear each of us in our own particular dialect, in which we were born? And you can't deny that, with the giving of the Holy Spirit, there was some response, and that part of that response and part of what showed up was was the speaking in tongues. But it was very, and it was very valuable. It had purpose. It, was, it wasn't just crazy. It was unusual, but it wasn't like crazy out of control. It had purpose. Parthians, Mese, Elamites, and the inhabitants of Mesopotamia. Judea, Judea Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia. Phrygia and Pamphylia. Egypt and the parts of Libya about Cyrene. And the transient residents from Rome, both Jews and the proselytes to Judaism from other religions. Cretans and Arabians, too. Isn't that something? We all hear them speaking in our native tongues and telling. What were they telling? The mighty works of God. The mighty works of God. Isn't that awesome? That's pretty awesome. And all were beside themselves with amazement and were puzzled and bewildered, saying to one another, What can this mean? But others made a joke of it and, and, and uh, I don't even know what that word, derisively, 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 derisively. Yeah. Thank you, Amplified. They are simply drunk. And full of, they derived it, right? They are simply drunk and full of sweet, intoxicating wine. I mean, that was the only explanation that they could figure out. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. You Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let this be explained to you so that you will know and understand. Listen closely to what I have to say. For these men are not drunk, as you imagine, for it is only the third hour, about 9 a.m., Third hour of the day. But instead, this is the beginning of what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And so here it is. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Now look, y'all. Just wanna throw this in here. We're not still looking for this. We're not still praying for this. He said, This is it. This is what he spoke of. But it will continue will continue. And if we're not experiencing this, then we need to wait. And we need to pray. And we need to be open. And we need to let this Holy Spirit of God penetrate our very souls. Soak us from the inside and from the outside. Yeah. And there's a reason. I-, I-, I love this when we get to 21. And shall come to those days God declares I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy telling forth the divine counsels and your young men shall see visions divinely granted appearances and your old men shall dream I dream more and more divinely suggested dreams Now everybody dreams but. These are particularly divinely suggested dreams. Yes, and on my men men servants also and on my maid servants in those days I will pour out of my spirit and they shall prophesy, telling forth the divine counsels and predicting future events pertaining especially to God's kingdom. It's like, you know. Sometimes it makes you squirm, and other times it makes you rejoice, and, and sometimes you have different responses, but this is the promise. This is the promise, and if God makes a promise, He does it for a reason. If He's going to give you a gift, He does it for a reason. It's not just haphazard, and it's not just to make you feel good. It is for a kingdom purpose. Are you with me? Now, it should make you feel a little good, Right? But it has kingdom purpose pertaining especially to God's God. I love that. And I will show you wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth beneath blood and fire, smoking vapor. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the obvious day of the Lord comes. That great and notable and conspicuous and renowned day. And it shall be that whoever, this is, this, is, this, is, this, this is the crux, this is the center of the giving of the Holy Spirit. And the functions, all the functions, the gifts of the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit, all, all of it. And it shall be that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, invoking, adoring, and worshiping the Lord Christ, shall be Say, Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit has some very practical and powerful inspirational jobs to do in you and me. Ultimately, it's not to lift up the Holy Spirit. It's He doesn't talk about Himself. We read, He talks about Jesus. He lifts up Jesus. He he points to the Father and the Son. The Son son points to the Father and the Spirit. And the Father points to the Son and the Spirit. It's, It's amazing, isn't it? Never tooting their own horns, but... And so when you think of Pentecost, when you think of the Holy Spirit and in you and on you, Think of the practical aspects of why. Think of comfort. Think of empowerment. Think of teaching and leading and guiding. When I was younger, I don't know what time it is. Um, when I was younger than I am now. Huh, I was really young. I, I guess I was in junior high school. There was a thing in Fort Lauderdale. And we were living in Pompano Beach, Florida at the time. It was called Holy Spirit. Teaching mission. Their whole mission. And they had a magazine called New Wine Magazine. Their whole mission was to help people understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And how that works in the church. How that works in an individual. And it was fascinating. It was interesting. I mean, it was quite influential in our Culture as as believers in our family, uh, in the in the church uh, we were part of, and um, I think it's important that we learn. But I don't know. I don't know if it's wise if you just take one part and make that your exclusive focus. I think if you take learning about the Holy Spirit and you mix it in a balanced way with all of the other things that the Lord has brought to us and and in us and for us, then, then you get a complete picture. And that if we understand that learning about the Holy Spirit is to make us better witnesses, if we understand that it is about whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall... Be saved. If we're seeking the Holy Spirit, if we're waiting on the Holy Spirit, like they did on Pentecost, expecting that we're just going to get another thrill. Then we're not waiting for the Holy Spirit for the same reason that Jesus asked his disciples and followers to wait for the Holy Spirit. That's enough. Always remember that the sending of the Holy Spirit was a promise of the Father for His children. And that Jesus emphasized the fact that His followers should wait on the Holy Spirit and that we should be endued with power from on high. And we should be witnesses to the saving grace expressed in Jesus Christ. Are you with me? That is powerful. Lord, let's pray.